Hello friends, this is Paul, and I hope you're enjoying wandering through nature with me each week. Well, if you enjoy wandering through nature and you enjoy journaling those wanderings, in other words, writing down or drawing whatever you find out there on our adventures, well, I've got an awesome nature journal for you. Yeah, I have three different nature journals with three different covers on them. The insides are pretty much the same. Lots of blank pages for you to write and draw all your experiences and your feelings while you're wandering through nature. The covers are different on each one of the three. And I also, for the young at heart or the youngsters who wander through nature with you, I have a children's nature journal, which is a guided nature journal. Lots of pages filled with ideas and suggestions for adventures in nature. Maybe they want to go exploring nature at night, doing a bug night. Well, they can do that with my suggestions and they can write everything down in their journal. And of course, I did leave some pages blanks for the youngsters to actually fill them out. Where can you get these awesome journals? Well, they're available now on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon.com. Do a search for author Paul Ferringer, and you'll find the Nature Wanderer journals. And I'm in the middle of creating some new ones, so keep an eye out and grab those journals while they're available. Have a great day, and keep wandering through nature. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the Nature Wanderer podcast. I am Paul, and I actually watched the sunrise this morning. It's bright and early. I was up with sunrise and got to see it peeking over the trees. It's been kind of up and down weather-wise all winter. We're in the middle of a warm-up right now, and it's fine to say that because it's 28 degrees, but most of the snow melted in the past few days, and so there's just little piles of snow here and there. But this morning I woke up and there was a frost on the ground. So we do have a bit of a frost here. Um, the temperature is about 28 degrees. Um, sun came up about a half an hour ago. Like I said, I was out here and watched the sun come up. But I am actually out here this morning, this early in my front yard, and I am doing some winter bird banding. I opened the nets at sunrise, net I should say, only one. So I opened my net at sunrise, and I'm just waiting for the birds. It's quiet morning, nice and calm, no breeze. And here's some blue jays. Um, just had a morning dove caught in the net, but as soon as I walked out the door, he got himself out. They're such big birds, they don't get caught in the net very easily. So I want to talk a little bit about bird banding. Um, since there's no birds in the net, I want to head inside, though, and I'll talk a little bit more about bird banding when I come back out to get birds out of the net. I don't want to stand here too much because then the birds don't come. So I'll be back with you in a second. So I've got a bird in the net now. Um, it's a hairy woodpecker. As I'm approaching the net, i got to figure out what side he's on, which is usually pretty 
easy to tell. Oh, this guy's a recap. He's got a band on his leg. So he was banded previously. Uh, so let me explain what bird banding is in case you haven't heard any of my bird banding episodes. I am out here. I have, and I do different bandings. Um, this is winter banding. I just got the net. I'm trying to concentrate while I'm talking here. Um, I got the net off of the bird's head. It's off his body. Now it's just stuck on his feet, so I got to get his uh, netting off his feet. The pinch and pull, so you pinch his foot, pull on it. So anyhow, the I do winter bird banding, which is what I do now. I'm doing now. This is just one net set up in my front yard. Um, basically baiting the birds in with, with my bird feeders. Um, but I also do, in the springtime, I do MAPS bird banding. I'm sure I'll do an episode on that. Um, MAPS is monitoring avian productivity and survivorship. So all this is scientific research. It's not citizen science. I know I'm big on citizen science. I talk about that all the time. Um, we have the bird out of the net. He's in, in a bag right now to just keep him calm and safe. But um, So this is not citizen science. This is real scientific um, work that I'm doing. I'm a licensed bander, uh, what they consider a master bander. So I have all the training, I have proven myself, I have my licenses, both New York State and federal license to band birds. You can't just go set a net up in your yard and start banding birds. You have to actually have a license to do so. You have to have the experience, the knowledge. Um, so that is what I'm doing, is I am gathering birds. I have a net set up. It's a what we call a mist net, very fine, so the birds don't see it, and that way they fly into it. And then it's kind of tight on what we call the trommels, but in between, the netting is kind of loose. That way the bird kind of hits the netting and falls down into the trommel, and he'll be caught down in this little, like, bag, this sack. And that's why when I was walking up, it's like I had to figure out which side he was on because it was hanging down this loose net. And there's actually the nets I use, one, two, three, four trommels, um, four sections to the net. So he was in one of the middle ones, and he fell down in. Then I go up, and I gently get him out. And I'll describe the procedure of getting the bird out of the net a little better uh, when I come back out later to get another bird out. I want to get this guy inside, and I want to get away from the net so that the other birds won't be afraid to come to the net. And so I'm going to head out and head inside and process this bird, and I'll talk a little bit about the processing. But bird banding is so that I am collecting data, and you'll hear what data I'm collecting in a few minutes here. But... That data goes to the bird banding lab. The lab will take that information, they compile it, put it in the database, and um, they verify the information, make sure everything seems right. And then they hand it out to scientists as they need it. You know, so if someone's doing some research on different birds, and the lab itself does research as well. Um, not getting a lot of birds this morning because my net is a little frosty. 
so there's a little bit of frost on the net. The sun is out, so hoping it, it eats away at this frost pretty quick. And the birds can see the net a little bit because of the frost, so that's why I'm not catching a lot right now. But as it as the frost dies off, I will be able to get more birds because they won't be able to see it. Cause it's a black net, very fine netting. So I'm going to head inside now and talk about the process of actually get a bunch of crows out here. Um, I'll talk about the process of collecting the data on the bird. So now I'm in my bird banding lab, which is... <laughs> my garage, my woodworking shop, and my workbench cleaned off, and I have my banding tools right in front of me. I've got the bird in the bag right now. Um, let me describe my tools real quick. I have a couple of clipboards for collecting data. Um, first thing I'm going to do is mark that I caught this bird in the one net on the one data, which this data sheet tells when I open the nets, the temperature, winds, cloud cover, um, and then how many birds I get in each net run. And net run, I do them every half hour, or in the winter time, I'm actually watching the net constantly, and I'll go out as soon as I have a bird in there. because so I don't want them to sit in the net too long and get too cold. Uh, but I count all those birds in a half hour block. The other things I have is I have, I call it a wingometer. It's a ruler with a little notch on the end, so I can put the bird's wing against that and measure it. So it measures the wing, and then I have a caliper, and mine's a digital caliper, and that's so I can measure the tarsus or the leg. I have two sets of banding pliers, and these pliers are to put the bands on the legs. I have a whole bunch of different size bands. I'll talk about those in a second. I have a um, scale that I use and I have a nylon stocking with the scale because I have to put the bird in there to weigh them and then I have my eyeballs. I have a magnifying head headset so I can read the band better. Um, so let's go through the process here. So I've got this bird in my bag. I'm reaching in the bag now very carefully so he doesn't just fly out. Like I said, this is a hairy woodpecker, <coughs> already banded, but doesn't matter. I'm still going to process him because I did not band him this year. It would have been last year or maybe the year before. So first thing I do is I um, look at the, I go to the recap page. I have a different page for each band size. And today's date... Okay, so I'm going to look at the band. I'm going to read the number. These are metal bands. And they're issued by the U.S. government to me. I have to apply for them, and only people who have, like I said, that banding license can get these bands. And number is 2301. I'm writing it down as I... Right. Sometimes I have someone helping me. Usually my wife will help me and she'll be my scribe. She'll write down the information. It just makes it a little bit quicker and easier. 73243. 73243. 
and species. Like I said, this is a hairy woodpecker. Now there is an alpha code. Every bird has an alpha code. It's a four letter code that depicts the species. So hairy woodpecker is H-A-W-O. So H-A-W-O, first two letters of hairy, first two letters of woodpecker. Um, then I'm going to blow on the neck. So I've got what we call the bander's grip. I'm holding them between my first and middle finger, uh, not including the thumb. So first and middle finger, I'm holding his, him around the neck with those two fingers, very loosely, but not too loosely where he flies off. So I have control of the bird. I can turn them in my hand and um, turn them over. And I just blew into his neck to see what the fat is. Uh, different ratings, number ratings for the fat. We want to know how, how much fat this bird has on it. And it was very hollow in the neck area. There wasn't any pink at all. So the fat on this guy is a zero. And that's typical with a woodpecker. Skull, I do not do a skull on a woodpecker. Uh, sometimes on most birds we will part the feathers in, in, on the back of the head and we're trying to look at the skull. The skin is so thin on the top of the head that you can actually see the skull. And you're trying to tell whether it's full, whether it's, you know, a partial skull. That means it's a young bird. The skull is still growing or solidifying. So we're looking at that. With woodpecker, you can't do it because their tongue is so long that they can get into these crevices in the trees to grab out the insects. So that long tongue, where is going to go in it? retracts back into the mouth well it actually wraps around the back of the skull so you can't see the skull because the tongue's in the way so skull i just put a dash through it because i can't do that um, sex is a male and i know that because it's got the two red patches on the back of the head females don't have that um, how sexed plumage Uh, then I measure the wing, so I get my wingometer out, and I put the wrist of the bird up onto that notch on the end of the ruler, and I do a really loose, I don't want to flatten it out, because then you get an inaccurate measurement, this guy's not holding his wing still, so it's 125. 125 on the wing, the tail. Now, during maps, let me take out my tailometer here. Okay. During maps, we I don't do the tail. Uh, we have enough data to take without doing like tarsus and tail. Uh, but during the winter band, I do a tail measurement. This is 76 centimeters. 76. Oh, sorry, millimeters, not centimeters. Uh, so 76 millimeters. And the tarsus 
And this is where I have the bandage grip and I hold the foot in the same hand that I'm holding the neck and I've got the calipers in my right hand and I put the one end against the elbow of the bird and I close it up onto a closed fist and it's 24 millimeters 24.0 millimeters status is 300 which means healthy bird caught in the net released uh, when I'm done of course put the date on here one four capture time has to go on here and this was during the 830 net run and then I have to age the bird so there's different methods for different birds um, you're basically looking at the feathers the shape of the feathers and I'm using my magnifier for this um, all of the dots on the wings are all lined up so they're all one age these are older feathers I can tell by how wide and rounded they are look at the tail feathers as well and very dark in color um, so this is definitely an older bird so I go and I put a six for the age because this is after second year we don't know exactly how old but we know it's at least older than a second year how age plumage um, can't do it by skull sometimes you can do skull and plumage and then the net I only use one net during banding um, no notes it does have a section for notes just turn down my scale I have the stocking on the scale when I turn it on so it's it's we don't have to tear it which means to get it set to zero now I put my hands I put the stocking over my hand I grab the bird with my right hand stockings on the hand and I pull it over the head and body of the bird now the bird can't move he's inside the stocking I place the stocking with the bird in it on the scale I keep my hands over it just in case but 72 oh hold still there 72.5 grams so the mass is 72.5 that is all the data I need so as you can see I got an age I got the sex I got a wing cord um, I got the tail measurement tarsus measurement and how much the bird weighs now I'm gonna take the bird if he lets go of the stocking woodpeckers they just don't know when to let go um, so I let go of the stocking he sorry I take the bird out of the stocking and he's all processed and ready to go and we head back out and I let him go now that probably took me uh, what was that like five minutes but that's because I was explaining it usually when I'm doing a bird I'm processing a bird as soon as I get here um, with all my equipment and I take the bird out of the bag from the time I take it out of the bag to the time I release it is probably about two minutes so I just zip right through it 
get accurate measurements, but I want to be quick because I don't want the bird to be stressed. Every second that it's in the, in the hand, it's getting stressed out. So I'm going to head on out. I'm going to let this bird go, and I'll be back with you in the... Well, for you, it's going to be like a second. So I'm back in my garage processing the chickadees that I just caught in the net. So once again, reach into the bag. These guys got to be careful. They're usually up yet. This guy's right up the top, working his way towards the entrance, wants to be free. Um, yes, they have gotten loose before. They've been flying around my garage before. Uh, I just opened the door and they head for the light and they get up. And hopefully I had a band around them. So this guy does not have a band on his ankle. That's why I decided to let you know about how to process these guys. They are band size zero. So there's different letter number combinations. Like there's 00A, 1A, 1, 1B. Uh, those are my most common. I also use twos and threes for um, cardinals, for larger birds. But this guy here is a chickadee. He takes a band size zero. So I have the band in my hand. I have the banding pliers. I'm going to write down the number 2880. I need a new page because the last one was a recap. So band size zero. Band number 28804 couple of little points coming out of the pliers on the side and they help to spread the band apart. So I just spread the band apart. I put it in the tip of the pliers and a special little hole in there the size of the band. And I'm holding, and once again I have the bander's grip, holding the bird's neck between my fingers and I put its foot between those same two fingers holding the foot in between there and then I'm holding the upper part of the leg between my thumb and my fourth finger so it's nice and sturdy. I don't want him to pull the leg while I'm crimping down and chance crimping the foot or the leg. And I crimp the band together. I check it, make sure yep it's closed nice. It does turn, it moves up and down the leg. You don't want it too tight. Um, and then while I have my leg in my hands, I'm going to grab my my calipers, the tarsometer as I call it, not an official name. Once again, I'm measuring the tarsus and 16.7 millimeters. Write that down on my sheet, 16.7 and the fat, so I'm going to blow once again into his neck region. And this has a fat of two, so there is some, it's still indented, but there is some pink in there. There is some um, 
is some coloration, so there is some fat in there. Now I'm um, going to the back of the neck, back of the head, and I'm parting the feathers apart. And I'm kind of moving the skin around, and I'm looking at the skull. You can see it's white in there. Um, skull is full, which is a six. Um, sex is unknown. You can't sex these guys this time of year. In the springtime when they're breeding, then I'd be blowing on the entire belly. I'm looking for a brood patch. I'm looking for the cloacal protuberance. But this time of year, they're not breeding, so I'm not looking for that. Uh, instead, I'm looking just for the fat when I blow on the belly. So right now, sex unknown. If they have a cloacal protuberance, the male reproductive organ, or they have a brood patch, then I can determine the sex on this bird. But chickadees, male and female, look exactly the same otherwise. Okay, now I'm going for the wing. I'm going to measure the wing. And once again, keep it nice and loose. Wing is 62 millimeters. So 62. Pencil lead broke. And the tail. That ruler, a different ruler for everything. Um, so the tail, I place it up in the feathers, so it's going right up and down the middle, what they call the deck feathers, between the deck feathers, and I have 58 millimeters for the tail. And I'm going to age the birds, so I have to look at the feathers. These guys are pretty easy, I've done so many of them, hundreds of chickadees I have processed. Okay, and the feathers are kind of wide. A little bit rounded, truncated on those feathers. Let's look at the tail. Yeah, tail feathers are pretty rounded. So this guy here, he looks like an older bird. So I'm going to put him as a six for the age. I'll age this plumage. And the last thing I need to do is to put in here his weight. So I turn the scale on, it's going to be torn already with the stocking, stocking over my right hand, grab the bird with my right hand, and then I pull the stocking over his head and body. So he is just laying on the scale now, and 10.7 grams. So 10.7 grams, I rate that in, And this guy is ready to be released. I'm just going to put him in the bag right now so I can process the other chickadee. Now, I'm going to do this full speed. So this is going to be without stopping for explanations, uh, letting you know what's going on. I set that guy aside. So I'm grabbing the next bird. Because, like I said, you want to process him quick, get him back out as quick as possible. Reach in the bag, grab the bird, bander's grip, no band, grab a band. And spread the band apart. Put the band on the leg. Check the band number, since they're, and they should be in order. I, we need the last three, 505, that's correct. Black-capped chickadee, BCC, 
H. Tarsus is seventeen point seven. Status same, date same, time same, net same. Wing is sixty one. This is even quicker if I have a scribe with me. Right. That's a two. Skulls a six. Age. Okay, all the feathers, tail feathers. Yep. Older bird six on the age, sex unknown. Mass bird is in the stocking. Stocking is on the scale ten point five on the mass. Done. So that took probably about two minutes, if that. So nice and quick. Head outside, let these birds go. And we're all set. Okay, so I'm outside again. Another what we call a net run. Been watching out the window and I noticed that I've got some birds in the net. So even though it's not exactly on the half hour, I'm coming out because I don't want these guys sitting in here. Of course, the sun is beating out down on us right now. So it's pretty warm. So how to take a bird out of a net. If you're not familiar with bird calls, you may not have known what that was as I've come up to the net. That's a chickadee. These guys are a little tough. They're so small. They, and they don't just sit there in the net. They go crazy, so they move around a lot. So I'm up at the net. There's a little chickadee in the net. Two of them, actually. I'll get the other one in a second. And you have to figure they went in head first. So what's the first thing you take out? Not the head, the butt. Yeah, the backside. That was the last thing in the net. That should be the first thing out. So I lift the net over the backside. And yep, I see all feather, no net. So I put my thumb on the back of the bird and my fingers on the belly. And I work the net over the wings and then over the head and now I've got it off of the bird except the feet because the bird's hanging on. Put my fingers around the neck of the bird, the bander's grip, I mentioned it earlier. Bander's grip, real loose grip on the neck so I'm not hurting the bird. Okay, now I just work it off the feet, pinch and pull, and I've got this bird free. Reach into my pocket, grab bag, put the bird in the bag, close up the top. There's a string closure on the top of the bag, and I tie off the top. So sometimes it doesn't close all the way, and the bird will work its way out, especially chickadees. And then the bag goes over my neck, and I head to the other one. And this guy, same thing. Look for the butt. And I work the 
And then off of the back side, thumb goes up under the net, onto the back of the bird, fingers are on the belly. And I work the net over the wings. And this guy. The wings are going upside down. He's yelling at me. But it's not hurting the bird. I'm being really gentle. I've been doing this for many, many, many years. I don't even know how long I've been bird banding. Um, okay, yeah, see, chickadees, they get tangled. Okay, I got one wing free. I've got the other wing free. Now I've got to work it over the bird's neck. And we almost got him. Now sometimes these guys are hanging on to that, like this guy. He's hanging on to the net so tight that I can't work it over the head. So I have to get at least one foot free. So now I've got a foot free. And looks like I just have a few more strands around the neck. There we go. Got the head free, and he actually let go as soon as I got the head free. So he's out of the net. Grab my bag. Put him in the bag, and we'll head in and process these two, just like we did the woodpecker. Uh, so I won't go through the processing again. I think you understood. Uh, while I'm out here, I'm also listening for other birds, like I just heard a nuthatch. And I'll record that just so that I can put that on eBird later so that they can get that information. And I straighten up the net. Everything looks good, and I'm going to head back in. So that's the process of bird banding. Now, tomorrow I will sit down at my computer and I'll enter all this data into the computer. Right now it's just being on a sheet of paper. It'll all be entered into the computer, and I will send it off to the bird banding lab, and they can do what they want with it. They will basically process it. Usually within a week or two, I will get a, an email back from the bird banding lab saying, well, we made these corrections or these, you know, are fine. You know, all their data is fine, you know, one way or the other. And then I can make the corrections if there are corrections. Usually it's minor things like, are you sure about this? It seems like the leg was a little long, so I may have transposed a number or, you know, this bird um, is usually not in your area this time of year. It's like, well, it was that bird. So I just have to, you know, let them know that, yep, the data is correct. So, but they run it through a process of checks. Once everything looks good, then everything goes into their main database and it can be sent off to other banders. So that is the process of winter bird banding. I hope you enjoyed joining me for this fun adventure early in the morning and I will do some other episodes on bird banding. Once we get into the spring I'll do a maps bird banding. But um, be sure to like and, and subscribe and let your friends know. Um, bring your friends along to listen to the podcast. Go to the show notes and I will have links in the show notes for supporting the podcast on the Ko-Fi page and buying purchasing merchandise, including the journals that I have on. If you want to journal your adventures in nature, blue jays are moving in. They usually don't get 
caught in my nets. Once in a while I'll get a blue jay. They're always fun. Oh, just had a red-bellied fly in. So yeah, the feeders are getting a little active here, so hopefully I get some more birds. But um, So yeah, check out the show notes and follow me on YouTube, on Facebook, Instagram, and like And above all, keep exploring the nature around you. Did you know that plastic is made with oil, a fossil fuel that pollutes the environment? And did you know that only about 15% of all plastic is recycled into new products? Wouldn't it be awesome if we could live our lives without plastic so that we could stop harming the planet? Well, there's a company that wants to help you do just that. Life Without Plastic sells products that will reduce or eliminate your dependence on plastic. They have a large selection from toothbrushes to food storage containers to drinking straws, all plastic-free. And... It's reasonably priced. So what are you waiting for? Check out all these great plastic-free products and help save the planet. Just click on the link in the show notes to find out more and to start your journey to being plastic-free.